Now often the world of employer branding can feel a little bit samey and looking at organizations and their employer branding programs, sometimes it's hard to find that true differentiation that really helps them find the right people to join their organizations and ultimately impact on the bottom line. In a world where authenticity is talked about so much, you know, having Having an employer brand that is differentiating is, is, of course, really important. So when I saw a few months ago a podcast called Employer Bland, I just had to get the host and producer, Chris Murdoch, on the podcast with me today. How are you doing, Chris? Really good, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. It's great to, to be here with you. Uh, good. Well, yeah, brilliant. It's uh, say the sun is sun is shining. It's Friday, and um, you yeah, know weekend's nearly upon us. But before we do that and finish off work, this let's it's good to take a bit of a step back and, and have a chat about this kind of thing. Um, let's just dive straight into it, Chris. Um, let's tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Chris Murdoch. I'm the the founder um, of a company called Voice, so a talent attraction software as a service. Um, but prior to that, so if we kind of rewind to, to, to kind of my, my first job, really, this is going back, you know, 16, 17 plus years ago, probably more, but I don't want to admit that. But Surely not, Chris. What are you talking about? Can't be that long. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I kicked off my career in, um, in recruitment and it was on, on the agency, on the technology um, agency side of things and worked with a company for a great company called Provide um, for about five or so years. Then embarked on my own um, career, set up my own agency, doing the same thing. Um, so I've, I've kind of always loosely worked in this space. Although I'm, I'm, I'm working in, um, in in software now, it's, it's still recruitment technology. So still kind of mm-hmm. loosely in, in the place that I was in many, you know, in, in many moons ago. Um, but yeah, it was kind of my passion for. You know, I did have a real passion for for, for tech, tech startups, and, and, and you know, particularly, um, and they were, you know, I was working with a lot of tech startups and, and helping those guys kind of figure out who they were from a you know an employer brand standpoint. It wasn't really called employer branding back then, it were, or if it was, it certainly wasn't something that was heavily banded around. But it was more about absolutely helping those types of companies really discover who they are, what their value proposition is, why are they different, you know, why would you know, a, a DevOps engineer in Gloucester wants to potentially work for that particular company. Um, and it was finding, you know, trying to figure out what those unique components were and how they could be communicated to the kind of talent markets. And, and it was that kind of interest and intrigue and trying to find slightly better ways of doing that that kind of took me into the kind of world I'm in today with voice. And, and that's, you know, some of the challenges that we help companies overcome invoice you know um so yeah that's my in in a nutshell kind of uh you know career today good man and you um so along with all the other things you're doing you know you're running a company you know and um you decide to do launch a podcast um you've got some really great episodes on there you know and it's um and you've got some more coming up soon as well and then happy to drop this one in there as well if you wanted to use it um for sure um but yes, yeah, it's, it's great looking at the episodes you have, and you know, is that why? Why was it? Why did you set up Employer Bland podcast? Yeah, I, I think for me, the podcast is a real passion project, um, and I found the most interesting part, and I think still today, you know, the most interesting part 
of of my role is is having conversations with different people from different walks of life that have got a slightly different perspective on mm. topics I'm interested in. And and I found myself probably similar to you do, Chris, in 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 the work that you do, but you know, speaking to lots of people like this. Um you know, one day it might have been, you know, somebody that's talking about high performance culture. Um, the next day, you know, or, or week or whatever it might be, you know, someone that's talking about, um, you know, the, the journey they went on to create, you know, really inclusive, um, you know, workforce culture or whatever it may be, you know, and tons of different topics in between those things. But I think the most interesting part of my job was always talking to people like that and listening to their story and you know understanding you know quite often not always agreeing on on points of view as well but then having those conversations about okay but you think that but you know what about if you look at it from from this kind of standpoint and having those really healthy conversations and then it kind of the whole podcast thing I was watching, you know, episodes. I've been watching yours for a long time, as you know, as well. I'm a huge fan oh, of, um, Thank you. Of, of your podcast. Um, and I was kind of thinking a lot of these conversations I'm having, they might be quite useful, actually, you know, to, to other people. Because um, I'm, I'm learning a lot from them. I'm seeing some interesting people. And it really just, it was, it was born from that point onwards, to be honest with you, Chris. Um, and, yeah, the first episode was a little bit of, you know, done on a wing and a prayer um thought need to be consistent ish with this um which i can still definitely get better at by the way that's i still haven't nailed that one um but yeah in 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 a nutshell it was really um the desire just to have interesting conversations with some cool people and then you know it was thinking we should maybe record a few of these and that's kind of what we've done nice i get definitely get that as well i like the natural vibe you get get across in it's very conversational but you know Thanks. Lots of valuable stuff, you know, even like uh, your episode around culture and the advice that is like, if you know, if you if you're if you're starting up, actually try and get each an HR person in as near to the beginning as possible, because on yeah. founders don't necessarily understand people as much as the business that they and the product they're they're building. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of nice balance between kind of natural chat and some you know valuable. Valuable advice. It's, it's great. You know, it's great to see you're doing it. Definitely, it's great to see you're continuing it as well. You got no, some I really appreciate that. Soon. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, really appreciate that. So let look. Let's uh, let's dive into back into the the title employer bland. Why employer bland in 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 particular? I think for me, Chris, it was kind of you know as well looking at my previous life in agency you know working with lots and lots of different companies all different shapes and sizes across lots and lots of different industries you know I had quite good visibility of what these companies were doing to try to attract and engage retain good talent but there was just a real kind of there just seemed to be a real vanilla state of employer branding that was you know this almost like this one shoe fits all template that everyone was trying to adopt it was you know create a slightly flashy career site embed a little bit of content that looks like a b c and d and most companies seem to follow that kind of you know particular pattern mm -hmm. um, whether it's career stories you know one day in the life whatever but again quite a cut and paste approach i felt anyway to employer branding um 
one of the things that, that I've always had a huge bugbear with is one of my drivers for starting voice with my co-founder was just the lack of job marketing um, and the blandness around marketing jobs, which for me, I think is it's still one of the, the biggest opportunities companies have to communicate their employer brand mm. and elements of their EVP and, and those types of things. Um, and it's an opportunity missed for so many companies because there's a little bit of effort going into these cut and paste careers websites a lot of the time, but you still see so many of these, you know, four page PDF documents just being flung out the door. Um, and with a little bit of thought, there's so much fun that you could be having with that part of your process, certainly from an employer, employer branding point of view. So, so I think long winded answer to your question, but I, I just felt that there was a real vanilla state and still is in many cases, don't get me wrong. There are still, which you and I both know, there are some, some, some companies out there doing employer branding incredibly well, but in large, I just felt there was a real vanilla state and a real kind of a one shoe fits all approach to, to employer branding. So. I was just keen to speak to different people that had some different views on on that and how things could maybe be done a little bit differently. I love that term vanilla state. Definitely. It's, you know, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think it's, it's so important, isn't it? Because you know, we had some green room chat about this, didn't we? About you know, when it comes to B2C, you know, we're looking at, you know, product marketing, you know, it's, there's an element of you can build a product that is aspirational, you know, and you know you can generate a lot of revenue from that. But there's there's no faking, there's no faking an employer brand and your employer branding content, you know. And so it's even more important to make sure that actually you're looking beyond just the product, or in this case, you know, the, the job. Yes, there are functional benefits, um, but those functional benefits and features are literally only one part of 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 that brand you know so actually to tap into the kind of non-vanilla vanilla content and experiences you you can share with people is is is, is really really important yeah it's a, it's a really really good point and i think your comparison with with products and and b2c marketing um for products is is a really good one because i think you know I, I think there there can be for a lot of companies like this state of well that that works for selling something that works and we're kind of selling something over here so let's just adopt that template for this but like you say the funny thing about employer brand it you know it can lie but it will bite you on the ass pretty quickly if if, if it's not authentic and mm. and you are you you aren't entirely telling the truth about it you know there there are mm. real people behind that real stories and there's real feedback to be given i think in b2c with products you know it's kind of a voiceless process a lot of the time and you, it can be as aspirational as you want it to be can't it to a degree because there's no one's really <laughs> going to tell you um, apart from you know the odd kind of review you get here and there about what that product's actually like there, there isn't you know a whole horde of people that sit behind that that can immediately kind of put a spotlight on it and say no that 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 shouldn't be happening so i think yeah that's very really true yeah, I, th I think, but, but it's, a, it's a really good comparison because I think I still see that a lot where it's this um, this transfer from corporate marketing, product marketing and branding over to employer branding where, 
I just think certainly from my experience, the the work that needs to go into employer branding from a bedrock point of view to make sure that everything is fit for purpose, you know, it's just so important that that's there because if you try and execute things without that being there, you know, it could be, you know, you know, making sure it's inclusive, make sure there's belonging, you know, in the place and whatever else. But I think without the bedrock, the foundational stuff, it's really difficult to get the employer branding part right. And I, I like what you say about cost as well, because, you know, if you're looking at a product or service, you know, what's the cost? The cost is there, make me a refund, you know, yeah. or subscription is cancelled, you know, or you have to refund a holiday or you, you, your product gets returned and you, you know, you give store credit or, or you yeah. know, whatever, you know, that's like relatively, relatively um, cheap cost to the business. Obviously, if it happens at scale, then that is a massive problem. But when it comes to, in this case, the product being that job and potentially, a, you know, you know, a very impactful career or part of a career at a company, yeah, that's hugely expensive, isn't it? I mean, there's lots of stats bands around. Let's not dive into that, you know, right now because that's more than accessible to people. But you know, God, the, even the even the psychological impact of a hiring manager getting someone in. And then, and then having to then find someone again because either the person's not been right, or that person's decided to leave. Yeah, you know it's um, massively cost costly to to a business, both motivationally and morally, and and also from a, a bottom you know a bottom line impact as well. Yeah, it's such a good point, Chris, and it's it's a complete false economy, isn't it? And and we see mm. it time and time again where. You know, employer brand is used as this plaster to fix attraction. It's like, we need to grow. We need people. Let's create this thing um, that's really shiny, really nice, that's going to be the magnet to pull people in. But if it's not fundamentally like backed up with, with the truth and with everything that it says it is, like you say, like, you know, there are stats everywhere. I'm sure people can go and kind of look at those for themselves. But there are stats everywhere that... I suppose it's about retention, isn't it? You know, if 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 you're getting the attraction bit right and that engine is working, that's great. But the retention part of the process is arguably more important, isn't it? If people are coming in and they're not sticking, and you need it, you've got this conveyor belt situation going on, you know, the costs can be like astronomical because no one's really getting up to speed, are they? You know, they're not. You know, people aren't. Um, you know, high performance, you know, from day one, they're typically high performance from six, 12, 18 months, you know, onwards and really adding to the culture and that type of thing from six, 12 months onwards. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, um, you know, the cost of, of, of doing it badly or not doing it authentically is, is, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole ROI thing is a separate conversation and, you know, it's, it's, um, True ROI is is a lot more difficult to to find compared to kind of marketing yeah. return. You know, uh, to see someone actually contributing to the bottom line is is important. But you know, there but there is interesting work being done by um, Nick, who well actually used to be at IBM, um, and Ben Phillips also used to be at IBM. And um, Ben uh, Nick had spoken to Matt Alder on. Matt's uh, recruiting future 
podcast about return on investment and trying to connect spend with employer branding and talent marketing spend with the amount of time it people aren't or jobs aren't being filled and what that yeah. actually costs a business. Um, so it's really encouraging to see that. And you'd hope that over the next few years, actually, that's being dived into a lot more where, you know, ultimately investing in this space is seen as, as, as important as even more important than, than the consumer space or the B2B space, because if you don't have your people, the right people, you don't have anything else. I don't <laughs> even with the software business, <laughs> if you don't have the right people, yeah. then, you know, then it's not going to work, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, you're so right. The people are the business, aren't they? And, um, yeah. and yeah, the ROI conversation, Chris, I think it's a really interesting one because I've so many conversations with various people about this exact topic and, and people's perspective, it, it really, for me anyway, it differs from person to person. You know, I've, I've had conversations with people and, ROI for them or their kind of North Star metric, you know, the one thing that's really critical for them on a, on a campaign, you know, could just be awareness. You know, it could be creating content, distributing that content and making sure it's striking a chord with a particular demographic. They don't even care if that demographic's applying for jobs at that moment in time. They just want to make sure they're in the hearts and the minds of that particular demographic. And then you've got other people and they're like, well, but it's not feeding me the applications I need immediately. It's not working. You know, it's not returning me, you know, the bang for buck. And I find mm. it really interesting, actually, because I think with employer branding, it's got so many strings. I say so many, there's probably a finite number, but there are different strings to the bow, aren't there? And, yeah. and I do think, or I don't think it's, it's a one shoe fits all approach. I do, I, I quite like the thought that that North Star metric, that, that thing that's super important for that particular part of the business at that moment in time could be really different to, to what's going on over here with this particular company, for example. But yeah. it's, really, yeah. it's a really interesting topic, though. You, you could talk all day just on that, on that particular gotcha. thing. But it's, a, it's a very good point, actually. I think then that's about, that's about framing things in the right, right way, isn't it? Because is that strategy... You know, is in kind of uh, David Angus, who's um, created digital. Used to work with them at Habas People. Mm. Was actually recently on on the podcast talking about kind of kind of say strategy never sleeps. You know, is ongoing, yeah. which is absolutely right. You know, and you know, it's it's that can there can be some immediate things that need to be done. You know, what can we impact today? What can we impact tomorrow, next week, and you know, next year? Um, so I think you're absolutely right to talk about it and. In, in that way for sure yeah. um let's what about okay so talked about employer bland how do you go from employer bland to true employer brand and true employer branding you could say that obviously nuances in the in the in the in the terminology yeah absolutely i, I think i think for me you know i'll circle back to a topic i spoke about at the start when I was kind of, you know, introducing myself and voice and, you know, the work that I've been doing. But starting with job marketing, I think, is is a great place to start. Um, and job marketing in one part of a business. So so really what what I'm saying there is I think when you when you think of employer brand, it can be this 
just enormous beast that can just scare the life out. Yeah. I think, and I Definitely. think that's the biggest problem for a lot of companies. And that's why it's like this cut and paste thing happens. Um, because it's so big and it's this Mount Everest to climb and it's like, oh, well, let's just do something and put a plaster on it. Whereas I think there are some really cool things that you can do if you, if you take things to a little bit of a micro level. And I know a lot of people listening might kind of think, yeah, that's, that's not scalable. You know, it's, we need a scalable employer brand. But it is scalable if you, if you split test and you have, have fun, but do it on a micro level in one particular mm. part of your business. Because I think the things that you can learn and the experiments that you can conduct and the findings you can kind of create, the data you can analyze, is so interesting. And then every time you're kind of introducing, you know, these kind of philosophies and these findings into a new part of your business, you're constantly improving and things are getting better. So, for example, you know, just to kind of be a little bit more specific about things, you know, if we look at like job marketing for, um, you know, we work on various projects, but one that's kind of, you know, right in the front of my mind because we're doing it right now his early careers in a uh, in an asset management business um and it's so different you know we've, we've spent time and they're spending time themselves doing workshops and they've got their you know they're, they're, they're finally discovering they've got their own evp in early careers in that particular part of their business it's so different so separate to every other part of their business um and they're getting their people involved you know they've, they've created a um kind of workshop group of of, of 10 people which is a really small proportion, but it's, there's, there's a real diverse you know, group within that, um, within that focus group. And these people are really engaged to kind of helping them create content, coming up with ideas. They're creating content around, you know, there's personal stories. You know, there's people that went to school with like Marcus, no, not Marcus Rashford, um, Raheem Sterling in Wembley. One of the guys was talking about oh, yes, his, yeah. going to school with Raheem and all these other things, completely separate nice. to... You know, the, these stories that are coming through that are so separate and million miles away from working in asset management. But you're listening to these stories, you know, this, you know, there, there was a lady in there that, um, you know, didn't go to university, which is, you know, it's, it's not actually that, um, you know, normally the path would be to get a great degree from university, go into this, you know, super high flying asset management firm. But, you know, she went on an apprenticeship. She grew up in this tiny little village in Scotland and she was talking about her journey. But just talking, you know, at that micro level about that one small part of their business, you know, these people are contributing to ultimately what will be the employer brand for that, you know, micro employer brand for that part yeah. of the business. And I think that, you know, cooperating and engaging with the people as opposed to thinking that the strategists and the consultants and the heads of and the you know, employer brand leaders should have all the answers. I don't think they should have all the answers. You know, for me, yeah. Yeah. the answers lie in the people that, that and, and, and these people so often want to help. They want, you know, they, they're just waiting for you to ask them, you know, we want to recruit more people like you. Can you help us? They're like, yes, mm. you know, I can. I've got ideas and, you know, and, and that type of thing. So, it's a slightly long-winded answer, but I think it's quite a big topic. And it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, taking things to a micro level, you know, reducing the burden, you know, putting some of that on other people, you know, not in a bad way, but just like, you know, can we do this together? Because I don't profess to having all the answers. You know, I don't profess to knowing exactly what people like you want to see in content. You know, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to kind of talk to me a little bit about that. And, um, and yeah, in my experience, you know, shaping the experience with 
those people, you know, for me, it's been a huge eye opener and like helping, you know, carve, which they're doing themselves. We're kind of, you know, kind of stewards in the process, but helping them carve micro EVPs, you know, in, in siloed parts of the business has been a massive, massive help in, um, you know, really just, just understanding, you know, how employer brand needs to be communicated for these, these individual parts of a business. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, it's, you're at, like, um, yeah, there's so much there. Absolutely. You're so right. I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you talk this way, given that, given the amount of time you've been an entrepreneur in your career, you know, and this thing about testing and scaling, is that absolutely the right thing to do? And I think experimentation and testing, although that's what strategy is about testing the hypotheses, that's ultimately what it is. But I think there's big organizations get a bit worried about doing that and things like experimentation, experimentation and testing are seen as negative words. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think you're absolutely right because, you know, if you're kind of starting at the source um, and solving a particular challenge, mm -hmm. a hiring manager's challenge, then you're building a business case to scale something up, aren't you? And you're, you're testing a, a solid hypothesis, you know, which is your strategy um, right from the very beginning. And then it just grows from there, doesn't it? And instead of instead of feeling you have to have the massive budgets to start um yeah. to do to do employer brand although we know it already exists you know yeah. is is um it's quite is can restrict organizations to actually just just start i think it's i think you're absolutely right yeah it's it, exactly chris you know and, and i think and i think there's also this like um this real desire for companies to to want to be perceived as hyper professional and super polished, you know, polished in regards to like their culture, polished in regards to the content they're creating and whatever else. And I just, I just find a huge irony in like, you know, certainly for me and the people that I socialize with and speak to, you know, the content that, that I consume is, you know, it's, it's not polished content. You know, if, you, if you're looking through Instagram stories, you know, I'm not on TikTok. I'm, data for I'm, uh, I'm not quite there yet but I'm sure I will be soon but it's you know it's not polished content it's done on the fly it's authentic and it's it's engaging it's kind of real and, and we get it I think we live in a world now where our like BS detector on you know is there this enormous kind of crew behind that that you know is kind of guiding a lot of this or is that super real and can I believe it our detectors are pretty good these days, I think, aren't they? Because the kind of what we buy into and what we don't. And I think that's the Absolutely. other thing. It's like, you know, not striving for like excellence all the time is embracing getting things wrong. You know, let's let's try something new. Let's try something that might not work. Let's try something a bit controversial. You know, there might be there might be a group of people in that particular part of the business that that, that have got some challenges, not necessarily challenges with like it's a horrible culture and I work in it, but it's like, yeah, look, things can be really tough and, you know, they're not always great and it's not always rosy and this is kind mm. of life for me at the moment. You know, let's tell the world about that. You know, let's, let's mm. tell people that are maybe looking to join this business about some of those challenges and, um, you know, experiment with different types of content and not 
not necessarily always content that you think is going to like make everybody's eyes light up. You know, it might be content that make people kind of sit back and like, wow, I didn't realize that, but that's, that's actually got me, you know, that's, that, that's, that struck a chord with me. Might not strike, mm. strike a chord with hundreds of other people, but it's those people that you, you do strike a chord with. I think that's where employer brand is just, it's really powerful. It's like, you know, that, that one person amongst a group of 50, it's like, Cool, I've seen a lot of stuff recently, but that's really kind of hit home for me. That's that resonates. And they're the people that nine times out of ten, they're the people that you want, and they're the people you want to strike mm. a chord with. De- uh, yeah, definitely, you know, it's ultimately ultimately, you know, over the years you're looking at employer branding, employer marketing is about trying to place somebody in the shoes in the world of or, of what it's like to work in that place and place them in the shoes of that individual or that that employee and there's nothing there's nothing better than to actually make it feel like someone knows the people that they're going to be working with yeah you know and i've even even done it with like recruiting like nursing nursing assistant director roles where it's like actually this is such a high level job you want to actually record, capture conversations with the leadership team. Yeah. So then actually that person who does apply knows exactly, not exactly, but, you know, has a very good feel for for what it's like working with those people and starts just, you know, just vibing with somebody. And that's just rapport, isn't it, ultimately? You know, that, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. On that point, I was just, the, the cogs were spinning as you were, as you were talking there, Chris. And it's, um, you know, I think... You know, when you talk about the, the leadership content, I'm a massive advocate of that. I think it's great for so many different reasons. I think one of the reasons is um, it kind of, in my experience, it reduces application anxiety, which I think is a real thing a lot of the time. It's like, you know, actually, okay, that's the person that I could be working for. Um, and if it is right for you, it's like, actually, I feel, I feel a little bit more at ease now about this process. And I think in my experience as well, it's kind of, it's often help people with that kind of pre-interview part of the process as well. So you've obviously got the attraction and engagement part that's really important. Mm. But further down the funnel, when people are kind of still in your kind of, you know, cycle, engagement cycle of interviews, it's, it's, I think it's really helpful for people to keep them engaged in the process, but also like helping them prepare. You know, if they can understand, you know, even if it's a one minute snippet of who that manager is and who they might be working for, just listening to them and, you know, maybe understanding a little bit about how they tick and that type of thing. It's it's just a nice thing to provide people, isn't it? To reduce anxiety, give them a bit more insight and um, I suppose ultimately keeping them engaged in the process as well. So, yeah, to- yeah totally. I think, oh, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I knew there was a reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast, Chris. You know, it's, um, it's, been, it's, been, a good, it's been a good chat. I think, you know, then I think then, I mean, this, I mean, God, this this could lead into another space, but I think this just touch on it briefly. Is I think then when you layer on top of that, um, this thing about in particular job roles when you have these people talking about, you know, working there and talking about the kind of, you know, the kind of things that they do, then getting them to not not talk thought leadership because mm. I I can't stand that term thought leadership. Yeah, it's opinion. Not. Yeah, you know, as thought leadership suggests, it's just well, it's going to be the C suite top brass who who share the thought leadership because because they know what they're talking about or it's the you know thought leadership coming from you know sales and marketing person 
or you know the commercial director well you know commercial director come on you know it's like but you know not to say they don't have value you know valid input to give because they do but my point is is that people who particularly great people in organization have opinion to share very valid opinion to share and so therefore you can actually that's a great contribution to generating that rapport with someone who's not even looking for a job and if they're talking about you know the sector they're working in and talking about things that they're passionate about they kind of forget that it's actually about about promoting the organization as a place to work yeah just talking and i and to finish off on i think there's a what you talk about with kind of working very closely as early as possible with the individuals the employee saying what do you think that's co-production and i think when you put all together you then actually got something which is so much better than just here's the here's our employer branding kit again there's a place for this definitely but you know here's the employer branding toolkit here's some assets can you share it please Mm. compared to you've actually produced something together absolutely yeah yeah and and i think that shared responsibility is it's often so welcomed as well because you know when you start owning you know that that micro you know evp and you've got your own little employer brand almost amongst this bigger obviously there's one employer brand but let's face it so many different ways to communicate that based on the different parts of the business but i think people embrace that and they they understand they've got their own unique voice within this huge beast often of a business they've they've got their own unique voice and i think that's really important as well isn't it you know it's you know knowing that you are being listened to um that voice is being heard and you know there are so many unique attributes that that, that can be be spoken about and also you can get you know have some friendly competition as well so if you are creating you know, job adverts, for example, for, you know, your one micro part of the business, um, their engagement, you know, stats that you could be banding off against the completely different part over here, but the involvement you're all having and the involvement they're all having, there's some really nice friendly competition that's going on with like, you've got so much more engagement, so many more, you know, high quality applications over here or whatever it is, but, you know, giving people an opportunity to kind of be part of the process, I think could be a super, super health, healthy thing to do. Well, Chris, it's been great. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, well, looking forward to um, looking forward to seeing the next few episode come out on on your employer brand podcast. And, and um, yeah, if anyone wants to check out Chris's podcast, then jump to the link somewhere near this video or near the, near this audio episode and um, and, and check it out. And, uh, definitely subscribe for sure. Oh, thanks ever so much, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really. I've, honestly really excited when you reached out to uh to, to invite me on so um yeah really appreciate you uh you, you get me on it's been been great catching up cheers chris yeah have a good rest of the your friday and uh yeah have a good weekend when you get there yeah you too thanks ever so much cheers bye now